you're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I am a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. We are back. I am back. I'm back in the studio. I am so excited to be here. And I hope you guys are too. I hope you're excited as well. Friends and family of the health classes you missed, let's start with having a little bit of a catch-up chat. I hope you guys all had a great, safe, relaxing break. It feels like I literally have not done this in years. And that is because I stopped like end of November, I think. The pod last year um, just got very, very busy, which is fine. It happens. Life happens. December is very busy. Um, But I do hope you are all safe and well. I, as you would have seen on my Instagram, have been outlining some goals for the year. I've been doing a little bit of that. I have been just kind of reflecting on the last few years. This is going to be the third year of the health classes you missed, which is absolutely insane. Third year? Is that right? When did I start this podcast? 2021, September, 2022. Okay, sorry, not really. Hold on. It will be the third year this year, but not until September. Wow. I don't know if you just actually heard heard the math, mathing in my brain. I don't know if you can do that, but that, um, that is crazy to me. We have done well over 100 episodes now. Uh, and when I say we, I mean me. I mean all the guests that have come on the podcast. I've got some exciting ones coming up as well. I have already done a few How's Your Head episodes. I'm just, I'm really excited for this year. I've got another day to do this. And, you know, I just appreciate you guys so much for joining back in for always you know supporting the show listening in and learning with me of course please follow please uh rate some stars preferably five and please share any episodes that you think someone in your life might get something out of I also actually wanted to add this I recently had a question from someone and they said to me hey can you see the episodes that individual uses um of like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, can you see the names of the, the episodes that they listen to? Or like, can I see the the profiles of anyone? And the answer to that is no. And I think it's important that I highlight that here because I know that I cover topics that make people feel uncomfortable, right? And I know that there's things that people are probably like, oh, I want to be able to listen to this without any kind of feeling like anyone's kind of going to judge me or yeah, I don't know. Just especially ones maybe about things like drug education or STIs or any of those things. Now, I wanted to make it clear that I do not and cannot see anyone who listens to the podcast. It's literally just a number for me. Um, and I guess the reason that I decided to do a podcast of those of you who have been here for a while will know is that you can listen to it in your ears on your own and no one else has to know. Not that I think that's the way it should be. We should be able to talk about all of the topics that I cover here. But I did just want to flag that because I know not everyone is comfortable um, or as comfortable as I am to sit here and talk about, you know, chlamydia and what MDMA does to your brain and all of the fun stuff like that. So yeah, just wanted to talk about that before we get into today's episode. Uh, what have I done on the break? Honestly, it kind of went really bloody quickly. I felt like I finished school and then it was bang on Christmas and 
Christmas is just an absolute whirlwind. Obviously, this year was weird because it was raining in Melbourne. It was like actually torrentially raining. It was, it was a weird Christmas. Usually, you're out, you get to play some games and blah, blah, blah. But it was a bit off this year. And then like the day was wonderful, but just, yeah, just a weird weather vibe. And then I feel like we just flew to 2024. And now I'm back here sitting in a chair and doing this again. And I'm good. I'm really excited for the year ahead. I'm feeling very, very motivated when it comes to health again. I feel like I've just kept or I keep stepping it up each year. I know one of my major goals, which I spoke about, and I did actually post a reel about recently, was my alcohol consumption. Drinking alcohol, it's a big thing here in Oz. And I get that it's a, you know, a fun time for people. People love to do it socially and yada, yada. Now, my big thing was that I didn't want to need to have alcohol to go have a good time or to be social. So that is something I'm going to continue on pushing over 2024 for myself. Um, that's kind of a big goal for me this year. Another one is obviously just to elevate this podcast. So again, if you love an episode and you think someone else will like it and you want to support me and the health classes you missed, obviously, um, I would absolutely love it if you could share that episode with them. I think it's so important that people obviously get the health education that they deserve and that they uh, missed out on. So yeah, those are two kind of things that I've been thinking about. I've definitely also been thinking about a few things that we are going to cover today in this episode, which I'm going to talk about. So what are we actually doing today? Stop me gas bagging. We are talking about the health classes you missed, ultimate ins list for 2024. So everyone's seen in and outs. They've all seen them online. Everyone's got their ins. Everyone's got their outs. Now, I never do an out because I just find that they're the, comp- the polar opposite of my ins. Um, I'm sure there's additional ones that I could add, but basically, I just like doing ins. So that's what we're going to focus on today. But what I'm going to do, I'm not just listing them off. We're obviously going to break down each in and we're going to talk about the cold hard facts behind why you should do each of these and what this actually does for you, for your body, for your health. You guys know, you know that I love evidence. You know that I love that factual information and I love the research. So that is what we're doing today. It is not just an ins list. It is an ins list with evidence and we are backing it up. So let's go number one for 2024. Now, just want to preface, these are not in any particular order of importance, but number one, we are incorporating low impact exercise into 2024. And to clarify, this doesn't mean only low impact exercise. Now you guys know, you know, I love running. I'm a runner now. I'm a running gal. Um, And running is definitely not low impact. It is not a low impact exercise. It's obviously great for the heart and for the lungs, but for your joints um, and some of your muscles, it's not the best. In addition to that, resistance training, things like plyometrics, these things are also really, really important for increasing bone density, especially as we get a little bit older little bit older in age. So don't get rid of that either. It's not about just swapping out everything for low impact, unless that's what you want to do, live your life. But it is about incorporating low impact into our lives in 2024, mainly for our flexibility, for our improved mobility and our reduced risk of injury. Now, this first one is a little bit more just for the gals, just for the gals, just for those who get a period. But as I said, there's also other stuff going on. So please stay with me. Now, we know that exercise can help regulate hormones for everyone, which is great. Um, But particularly for women or for those who have a vulva, regular exercise can actually help to decrease excess estrogen levels, which can help improve symptoms of PMS or premenstrual syndrome um, and other kind of estrogen dominant conditions in that way. 
It can also help improve the regularity of a person's menstrual cycle. So basically, uh, it just means that if a person is experiencing irregular periods, this could be something that would help them um, kind of get their cycle back in action as it does help with hormone regulation. So that's kind of how that's linked there as well. Now, there is an example here of something that I read about kind of helping yourself in different times of your cycle. So workout intensity can actually help or harm your cycle, your period, your hormones, everything that's going on. For example, according to Healthline, during the first half of the menstrual cycle, so this is kind of through the ovulatory period, through ovulation, women are at a higher risk of experiencing an ACL injury. So that's the anterior crucial ligament. That is the injury that a lot of people get in their knee. So it's a very, very common injury. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't do exercise during this time, but it does mean that you might be a little bit more cautious, right? So you might not do as much agility training where you have to change directions really quickly based on this fact. Gentle movement or low impact exercise is also really good to incorporate after ovulation or it can be a really good thing to use as a way to help with cramps during your um, during menstruation, during your period. So that is about all I'm going to say about that for now, just because this is not the only part of the episode, but I am going to cover this kind of topic, hormones and exercise for women in particular, um, in a bit more detail on a full episode. So that'll be out this year. So that's good. Let's move on to the next part. Now, when we're talking about low impact, the things that we are talking about are activities like yoga or Pilates or walking, any kind of mobility exercises. I love um, the mobility method on Instagram. They have some really, really good ones. Um, it could be swimming. It could be stationary cycling. So it's all those things that are not really, really hard on your body. And that is not to say that the exercise isn't hard, right? I'm not trying to sit here and say yoga is not hard. Pilates is not hard because let me tell you, that is not true. It is absolutely not true. Some parts might be a little bit easier, but for the most part, and I'm thinking of literally savasana where you lie down on your back when you do yoga, but high impact and high intensity maybe usually go hand in hand, right? But low impact doesn't necessarily mean low intensity. The exercise can still be difficult um, and intense, but they are just lighter on your body. I just want to make that clear. Now, if you are a runner in particular, these things are so, so important to incorporate into your exercise routine. Put it somewhere. Have some mobility time. Have some low impact exercise time. Whatever it is, make sure you've got that somewhere in your week. And it also includes warming up and cooling down for intense activities too. So make sure we are warming up and we are cooling down in 2024. That is what we are doing. If I'm doing it, you're doing it. We are doing it together. We are warming up and we are cooling down and we are not skipping them because we're not getting any younger. <laughs> and you don't want doms every single time the next day. So we are doing that. All right, number one done. That is low impact exercise. That is what we are incorporating. Number two, this has been a huge one for me and I've been sharing this all over the world. And by that, I mean, I've just been telling all my friends that I'm doing it so I, that, that I keep doing it. Number two is no phone in the bedroom and also limiting screen time limit or having screen time limits. Limiting screen time limits? That is the opposite of what I want to do. Having screen time limits. So I'm going to lump these two together. Now, they've been massive because I know that I am not the only person. I am not the only person sitting here talking and saying that I wake up in the morning and I look at my phone. And sometimes that means that I sit on TikTok 
for an hour. If I don't have to get up and I've got nowhere to be, oh, great. Stratos brings me a coffee. Oh, I don't have to move. I will stay there. And that is not what I am doing. Not in 2024. We are getting up. So what I have done in recent weeks is I went to Kmart and I bought an alarm clock for $7. It works an absolute treat. It runs off some batteries. It is fine. It is great. It does its job and that is all it does. Now you can get even cheaper ones on Amazon. But this one was $7. It was from Kmart. It's actually quite huge. It's just little and white. It's fine. It doesn't look that ugly next to my bed. So if you care about that, that's also a plus. There are some real bougie ones too, which is great. But beside the point, I went to Kmart. I bought that. And then what I do is before bed every night, I don't even walk into my bedroom with my phone at night. I plug it in the kitchen. Try and be off it by 8 p.m. so that by the time I go to sleep at 9.30-ish, I'm like, haven't had screens in my face. But it does not come with me. It's not even plugged in in the room somewhere else. It's out of my bedroom. It is in the kitchen. It is far away. See you later. Why should we be doing this though? What is it about it? Why should we be not having our phone at night, staring at screens at night, but also not having it in the morning? First of all, The blue light is terrible for us at night. And this means screens in general. So it's not just your phone, but we know that generally your phone is the thing in your hand, right? It also includes TV or on your laptop. It actually, this blue light, it tricks us into thinking that it's still daytime by blocking a hormone called melatonin. And melatonin is the hormone in our body that makes us feel sleepy. So basically it's saying, no, we're not sleepy. We're not ready for bed. Now in the hours leading up to our bedtime, As the sky becomes a little bit darker, we're going into dusk. Naturally, what our body does is it produces melatonin. It's saying, hey, we're getting sleepy. It actually causes our kind of alertness to dip and it prepares us to go to bed. It prepares us to shut our eyes and to go to sleep. However, when we stare at screens, our melatonin actually becomes suppressed and our sleep is therefore delayed. Now, according to Sleep Station, without melatonin, we stay alert and awake and in a state of something called cognitive arousal. And so this not only might impact your ability to fall asleep, but even if you fall asleep easily, it can affect your sleep quality or your sleep quality can be disturbed throughout the night because you've been on a screen prior. So you might be thinking you're being like, yeah, but I fall asleep straight away anyway. Not necessarily the problem that it's going to have for everyone you might actually be impacting your sleep quality throughout the night. In addition to all of that, as we know, we know this. We know that social media use before bed is also really bad for us. So that's what we're doing most of the time. We're on social media. If we're not, we're watching something. Regardless, it's a screen. It's in your face. It's going to have that impact on your melatonin production. Now, this also impacts something called our circadian rhythm. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the next point actually. However, let's move on to the little next bit. So social media before bed, which we know, we know is really bad for us. It can cause disturbed sleep, right? It might feel relaxing for some of us. And I know that too. I have felt that absolutely that when I'm in bed or I want to wind down, the thing that I do is I get out my phone and I look at it and I stare at my screen. And sometimes I'm doom scrolling and I'm looking at absolutely nothing, but I feel like I'm relaxing it's similar to the blue light thing. I mean, the blue light thing is obviously it's not relaxing our brain because we're um, we're not getting the melatonin production that we need. But social media actually makes us stay active and alert and engaged as well based on how social media apps work. When you know we're getting fed things every four seconds, something new is popping up, our brains are not 
calming down. They're staying highly engaged. Now, the type of content is really, really important here too. So obviously, if you're going to be watching something that's going to give you an emotional reaction or you're looking at content that makes you think, so maybe you are learning something, that's not necessarily good before you're trying to calm down, wind down, go to bed. You may just be passively scrolling. I mean, it all differs. If you're not really taking in the content and you're not really thinking about it, you're not getting angry, you're not getting upset, it's going to have a bit of a different response, right? For example, that passive scrolling is is definitely going to have less of an impact because it's not necessarily making you feel emotional. It's not necessarily uh, making you think too hard, which is, I mean, that's that doom scrolling stuff. I want to stop that too. I hate it. I feel like it's just like, I'm not doing anything. We also know that social media scrolling can impact our feelings of something called FOMO, which we all know is the fear of missing out, which can actually make people feel way more anxious and more depressed. And if you're feeling like that right before bed, you see all your mates out on a Saturday night and you decided to stay in and you go to bed and that's all you're thinking about and you're sad and you're blah, blah, blah. Again, it's just an emotional response there. So that is not good for you either. That can also impact your sleep quality. Basically in 2024, we're taking our phones out of our room. We're buying alarm clocks. You're saying goodnight to your phone and we're going to bed without a phone. You might be thinking, bloody hell, what do I do then? What do I do if I'm if I, if you put your phone down at 8 p.m. and you don't go to sleep till 9:30? What are you actually doing? Here's some things. I would not leave you with nothing. You can read, read some books. Even if a book makes you think, it's doing less than a phone is. Right? Read a book. Stretch. Cool. Maybe that's your cool down time. Maybe that's your uh, low impact exercise time. Stretch. Do some yoga. Calm down. Dim the lights. Right. Spend some time with whoever you live with. That might be your partner. That might be your housemate, your roommates, whatever it is. Do something that doesn't involve being on a screen. It could be winding down, playing a board game or something like that. And I know that sounds funny, but it's better for you. Also, little side note here, but studies have shown that couples who don't have phones in their bedrooms actually have more sex. So that could be a reason for you. I don't judge. You could journal. You could meditate. You could have a bath. You could just get straight into bed and go to sleep. I don't know. Whatever it is, just do it without your phone in front of you. Say good night, good night phone, put it down, go to bed, do something else. Number three here is walks to wake up and getting outside. Again, I'm mashing these two together, but this is where we're talking about our little circadian rhythm. Walks to wake up. This one links straight to the last one that I said. No phone in your bedroom, and I am speaking literally from the heart here. This is me, but no phone in the bedroom. You are less likely to pick it up in bed and you are less likely to scroll in it for hours. When you actually have to get up out of bed, you're already up out of bed. The chances of you going back and sitting down scrolling on your phone are less likely never zero, but it's less likely than you just being able to roll over, pick it up and start your day like that. I was bad at this. I was so bad at this. I'm not afraid to say that I was absolutely terrible at this and I'm not alone. And I can tell you now that in the last probably three weeks that I've been doing this, I haven't touched my phone probably for the first 45 minutes most mornings. So it has not only stopped me from going on it straight away, I'm not even looking at it for the first part of the day because I'm up, I'm doing other things, I'm getting ready, whatever else. I don't need to look at it first thing. So that's what we're doing in 2024, guys. We are getting out of the habit of scrolling first thing in the morning. We are not checking our emails. We are not checking work. We are doing things for us in the morning and things for us before bed, like the last point. Now, first thing here, walks to wake up, getting outside. When you get up and get out of the house straight away, it actually boosts energy 
for the whole day. And this is more impactful if you are getting outside and in nature, right? So I'm really placing the importance here of walking outside or doing any exercise, really. If you prefer to get up and exercise, that's great. But doing something active first thing in the morning, mine is just going to be based around walking. I've got dogs. That works for me. And I know some people might be like, what if it's winter and then it's cold and then it's raining? And I I am exactly the same. I'm a big baby. I'm like, oh, I can't go outside. Yes, you can. Rain is rain. You'll be fine. Put on a jacket, go outside, do something. At the very least, get up and do your low impact exercise. Very least. According to our friends at Healthline, once again, studies show that adults who walked for 20 minutes outdoors experienced more vitality and energy than those who walked 20 minutes indoors. So again, just really highlighting that importance of getting out in nature. It actually makes you feel better. It makes you feel better than being inside. And I know there'll be people that are like, uh, I don't want to exercise in the morning. I want to exercise at night. That's great. You don't have to use this as your formal exercise. Your walk can be 10 minutes. It just means getting up and moving your body first thing. If that is exercise for you, that is fine. If that's high intensity, that is fine. That's you. You do what you need to do. If you're not a person that wakes up and does this yet, I highly, highly recommend it. It boosts your mood. It can help with obviously your physical activity. So even if it is just 10 minutes around the block, it still helps. You're still getting up. You're still doing something. It helps to strengthen your muscles. And like any exercise, it helps you to sleep better. So there are just some reasons. But most importantly, it helps us to set our circadian rhythm. You might be like, you've talked about this a bunch of times. What the bloody hell is it? The circadian rhythm is the 24-hour internal rhythms that control processes like our sleep-wake cycle. So it's very caveman stuff, right? I learned this from Andrew Huberman, Huberman Lab, who is a neurobiologist at Stanford. It's a great podcast. I'm sure we've all heard of it before. He's fantastic. If you want the real... uh, professional businessman actual studied it for his life version of this please dear god go listen to that but today we're going to be doing it uh, at a base level from what i know so basically what happens with the circadian rhythm is in the morning uh, the nerves in our eyes are stimulated and this tells us that it's daytime and that it's time to get up and it's time to be alert now during this process we experience a peak of something called cortisol and you preferably want this to be from either sunlight and or exercise. Now, if you're doing both, if you're outside going on a walk, that is absolutely fantastic. So what is cortisol? Basically, it is a hormone. It's a steroid hormone. So when you're stressed, there is more cortisol released into the bloodstream, but you actually need cortisol for things too. I know that this is like a bit of a trigger word, maybe, especially if you're on my side of TikTok. I keep getting all this stuff like how to release cortisol but cortisol is actually important for you at the start of the day as well right we don't want too much of it we don't want too little of it because any kind of hormone imbalance is not good for you but if we have uh, the proper amount of cortisol running through the body it can enhance our immune function it can enhance our alertness obviously and our focus for the day ahead that's really really important so basically it sets a wave for the rest of the day it sets almost a timer as well for the entire day so that later on in the night when the sun is going down and it's dusk, you know that it's sleepy time, right? You know, your body knows and you start to get sleepy. If we are checking our phone instead of getting outside, getting into the sunlight and doing a little bit of exercise, this can create negative responses 
first thing in the morning in your body and therefore leaving you feel quite wired. When we talk about wired, I mean like almost tired but can't sleep later on. So that kind of, it sets you up for that feeling of I'm tired but I can't sleep. You are more likely to be distracted throughout the day and it reduces levels of creativity. So if you're one of those people, maybe like me and you've got a creative outlet like this and you want to think of some really good things, make sure you are not going on your phone first thing in the morning because let me tell you, there is nothing that will crush your creativity more than that. And I know that we look at social media and look at these things as ideas, ideas, ideas. That's great. But if you want to think of things, just you, get out and give yourself that time to set your creative brain in the day. Huberman also says that walking or what he calls as... um forward ambulation, which is very, very uh, fancy. It actually causes optic visual flow. Now, this has a really beneficial impact on our nervous system. Specifically, Huberman states that the amygdala, so this is responsible for processing emotions, quiets our neural activity. This therefore increases feelings of calm and reduces anxiety. So we actually start our day on more of a nice, natural, calm note as well. Walking in nature in the mornings, working out in nature if that's more your speed, just getting out and doing something and off your phone is so bloody important. Your body will thank you for it. Your sleep cycle will thank you for it. You will thank future you for it. So if you are one of those people that is like me and thought, I can't do it, this is what we're doing. We're putting our phones away. We're not having them in our room and we're getting up first thing in the morning. Whenever you get up, doesn't have to be really early, but we're getting up and we're going outside and we're doing a little walk. That's what we're doing. Moving on to number four now. Number four is a pretty basic one, but I like this one. This is best case scenario thinking. This one is important. If you are like me, once again, I'm a big, big warrior. I'm a worrywart. I am a warrior and not a nice one, not with the A. I'm a warrior with an O. I'm a scared gal. That sounds so dramatic. I'm not that bad, but like I do, it does actually have a really big impact in me. I'm a very worst case catastrophic thinking person and COVID didn't have a good uh, impact on me in this way. I was never a super anxious person and all of a sudden I found myself in this mindset of, oh my God, what could go wrong? What will go wrong? What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. So we've tried to change it. I'm trying to change it. And this has been one of the things that have helped has helped me so bloody much. Let's talk about positive thinking. Best case scenario thinking, positive thinking. First of all, it can reduce risks of stroke, cancer, and heart disease, as well as improve energy levels, help our immune system function, and helps with stress management, which I think is a pretty obvious one. So how do we actually adopt it though? Like it's great that it does all those good things, but how do we focus on the good things? And it's really just as simple as literally just doing that. You actually actively have to notice when you're experiencing a catastrophizing or really worried way of thinking and you need to rewire it. So how do we do this? And you've heard of all of these before, but bear with me, guys. They're important. I need to tell you again. I need to tell me again. First thing's gratitude. Easy, easy, easy. I say it's easy. It's hard sometimes, but easy. Let's try it. You think about what you love and what you are thankful for. You need to do that every day. Do it every day. On top of that, they might be the same kind of thing, but journal. You write your stresses out on a page. This is a really, actually a really, really good activity. Write your stresses out on a page, everything that could go wrong, everything that you're worried about, all the things that you think, oh, this is stressing me out right now, real or not real, whatever it is in your head, no one else is going to read it, write it out. 
And then once you've written it out, you're going to read it back and you are going to rewrite those thoughts as if everything has worked out completely fine. And you are just going to change the story just like that. That is the whole activity. That is what you're going to do. Very important one is spending time with positive people. So we know you are what you eat and you are who you surround yourself with. Negative people will bring you down. You need to limit the time you spend with people who make you feel like garbage. And I know that's hard because sometimes people live with those people and those people are your parents or those people are your workmates or whatever it is. Try your best not to take in that person's emotions or what that person is feeling and try and stick to your mindset of best case scenario thinking. Do the journaling, do the gratitude, do all of that if you need to, even in the moment when you're with that person to help you uh, kind of ground yourself again. This one can be a really difficult one, uh, but try to speak to yourself in a positive way. Now, this is about catching yourself being a big bit of a negative negative Nelly. That's what I was trying to say. Even if it's just in your head. This one's actually been really huge for me because I can be very uh, critical of myself, as I know a lot of people can be. And actually just catching yourself and and just saying, you know, it's okay. We're not, we're learning, we're doing new things, we're making mistakes. We've just got to be nice to ourselves throughout that process. So making sure if you catch yourself, actively catch yourself being or saying really nasty things towards yourself, that you stop and you rethink it. It's like the journaling, you're just rewriting a little bit of that story there. That is what we're doing. And last one for this little point is creating a ritual that allows you to do all of the above things. So it's all well and good for me to sit here and say, do this, do that, journal gratitude. And you might be thinking, when do I do that in the day? This is about taking action now. So you actually need to create a ritual, create a routine that allows you to do this. I do this on both Thursdays and Sundays. So this is twice a week. I do something called an everything shower. And literally this involves five hours of me just being nice to myself and hashing out my thoughts along the way. And I know that this sounds like a very girly thing to do, right? It sounds like it's one for the gals. It's not. Anyone can do this. Have an everything shower. That might look so different to you than it does to me. Have a everything bath. Have a, I don't know, incorporate stretching into that. Whatever it is, create a little ritual. And I say ritual instead of routine because I feel like routine is almost something that we do every day. I know it's it's not just classified as that, but I feel like ritual is nice. Even if it's just once a week, have something that you do that you never, ever, ever compromise. This is something that you put in place. It is a ritual. It is something you absolutely have to do. Make sure that you do it. And if you need to, if you're not doing this gratitude stuff every day, if you're someone that's like, I just, I just don't do it that often. I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to build that habit. Put it in that ritual and do it then. Number five, it is space for silence. Now, this is a weird one, right? Because, well, it's not really weird. I don't know why I said that. But this is something that I actually have learned from my therapist. And it is very, very good for those people who maybe are a little bit more on the stressy side or maybe a little bit wide. You need this. We all need this. This is 10 minutes per day in silence. And no, it does not mean meditation. It does not mean it meditation. And honestly, I should say this first. If Stratos is listening to this, he will absolutely call me out because I, I don't do this yet every day. <laughs> and we are still definitely working on it. But it is so helpful when I actually have the discipline to sit down and do it. It is so helpful. So I am working on it. You can work on this too. It is 10 minutes in your day, no distractions. There is no meditation. There is no pushing away your thoughts. It is literally just sitting and being with yourself. 
just sitting and being with yourself. I often lie on my spare bed and I literally just look out the window and I don't stretch. I don't use my phone. I don't even have my phone in the room. I, I just lie there staring out the window for 10 minutes. Stratus puts a timer on outside the room. The door is closed. There is no one near me. And honestly, it is amazing. I have found personally that the ideas that I think of or the things that I think of and and not in a way that I am pushing things away. I've struggled with meditation. Meditation is hard for me. My brain goes at a million miles per hour. I cannot push thoughts away enough. So that is not what this is about. It is literally letting yourself just think and think and think and do whatever you need to do with nothing to distract you. And you will find the first time you do it will feel like you've been in there for freaking three years but now it feels like it goes so fast and I honestly want to stay there for longer than 10 minutes and if you get to that point great that's awesome go more than 10 minutes if you want to in a particular day but I thought of so much amazing fun cool stuff in that process of just letting my brain go and not have something in my face all the time now scientifically though what does this do for us it actually can help lower blood pressure it can improve our concentration which I've definitely found it can stimulate creativity which has been huge and of course encourages mindfulness so it just encourages you to think where you are what you're doing you can have intentional focus on that if you want in that 10 minutes personally I just like to sit there and just I don't know, let my mind go with no restrictions and nothing else kind of badgering me or, or nothing that I'm looking at or reading or whatever else. You can use that 10 minutes as, as you would like to, but the point is that there is no pressure. You just sit there 10 minutes doing nothing. I promise you that you will thank me for this tip. Number six, number six of eight, should I say. We're nearly done. Number six of eight, mental health days. Now there is not much fact behind this, but I just want to say that you are entitled to mental health days and you should take them. You are entitled to mental health days and you should take them. No job is more important than your mental health. I actually have a rule every year that I do not work on my birthday. I classify that as a mental health day. I'm big on birthdays. I do not work on my birthday ever. Now, if you are an employer and you're listening to this, my birthday is on a Saturday this year. So, it actually doesn't matter this year, just FYI. But um, <laughs> you should take the days when you need them. And realistically, and I'm not saying this to say just quit your job and don't go to work because that's better for your mental health. We are all replaceable at our workplaces though. And it's it's not worth letting a job make you feel like you are worthless or make you feel like you are not coping. If you are not coping and you are stressed out of your mind and you need to take a day off, but you're too scared, just take the bloody day off. I'm telling you, I'll call your employer. I'm saying blah, 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 sick today and cannot come in. Needs a day for their mental health because being sick is not just physical, okay? And you need sometimes to have a day to feel good, to have your 10 minutes and do your ritual if that's what that means for you. Just bloody do it. Take the day. Number seven is telling your friends you love them. Where's my How's Your Head family? Where are we at? You know that I love this. I am passionate about this, about checking in, about just making sure if, if it's not very consistently, that's okay. But make sure you are checking in on your mates. You are letting them know that you love them. There are so many mental and emotional and social advantages of giving and receiving love and affection. There are. there. It, that is a fact. And don't be afraid of it. Lean into it. Give your friends a cuddle. Tell them you appreciate them. We all love feeling loved. We love love. I love love. I know you love love. So let's get better at doing this. Now, according to the American Psychological Association's 
Those with strong friendships in particular, relationships in general, are less likely to suffer from depression and it significantly impacts our ability to lead satisfying lives throughout our entire lifespan. So this is important from when we are born until when we die. Guys, it is important to have people around you that you can say that you love them and they can say that they love you. It helps us to create support systems and obviously it decreases social isolation as well. But here is a really important and interesting question. What actually happens to our bodies when someone says, I love you? When they sit there and they say, I love you, what happens? Our good friend, our favorite friend of all, dopamine, is released into the brain. That's what happens. When someone says they love you, dopamine is released into your brain and it makes us feel excited or euphoric. It actually lowers stress levels as a result and it can improve mood. If you needed a sign to go and text or call a friend and say, I love you today, this is bloody it. Go release that dopamine in their brain. Go and do it. Be responsible for that today. And number eight, our final in for 2024 is incidental physical activity. Now, we've spoken about this in the physical activity and mental health episode if you listen to that one, but it's come back to me and I love it. This is actually a massive, massive, massive one for me this year. But what is it? Before we start, what actually is incidental physical activity? This is the physical activity that you do that is built up in small amounts throughout the day and isn't necessarily that really uh, purposeful physical activity like going to the gym or doing a workout. For example, it's walking up the stairs. It's cycling to work. It's getting off the train a little bit earlier and walking to your destination. It's doing gardening. It's doing the vacuuming or any other housework. It's playing with the kids or your dogs. It's walking while you're working. It's going to the park. It's kicking a footy. It's any of those things. The list goes on. And I'm sure to some people this sounds super obvious. But I've been doing this in a way that allows me to view some kind of chores, for example, housework or washing the car, as a chance to be active and not as a chore. And this has helped me heaps. I'm a procrastinator. I'm a big procrastinator, especially when it comes to things that I really need to do around the house. So this has been really bloody helpful. We also sit too much. That is a fact. We are sitting too much. And as someone who has one very active job in teaching and one... Not not active, but just not as active job in podcast producing. You know, there's a lot of sit down time editing and things like that. It's important for me to identify the days in which it's going to be important for me to increase my incidental physical activity. So it's going to be important for you as well to decide which times, which days are going to work for you to do maybe these things in your week. So we know increasing any kind of physical activity is important, but actually increasing it daily with incidental physical activity, that helps you become more of an active person in general. This helps with the risk of heart disease, of diabetes, of osteoporosis, of some cancers, And of course, just helps stop us from living really sedentary lifestyles. So without movement, lack of movement, lack of activity, or being too still for too long. It actually helps us get up, be more active human beings in general. So this year, get up and about, tick off those chores, chuck some music on, dance around, put on a pod, get in the garden, and just be active little human beings every single day, try as you can to increase your incidental physical activity. That's all from me today. We are done with our eight ins. Let's just quickly go over them again. First one, low impact exercise. And that includes our warm up and our cool down for our physical activity. Yes, it does. Say it to yourself. I will warm up and cool down every time I exercise this year. 
I need that and so do you. So that's what we're doing. Number two, no phone in the bedroom and you're putting screen time limits on your phone if you want to. I don't actually have these. I just do that manually in my brain. But if you want to actually put on screen time limits, there's apps for this too. I probably should have said Um, you can do it on your iPhone as well. Um, But we're not having our phone in our bedroom. We are not waking up and scrolling first thing because what are we doing? Number three, we are walking to wake up. We are exercising in some way, shape or form and we are getting outside. That is what we are doing for number three. Number four, we are changing to our best case scenario thinking we're not being warriors. We're not being warriors with an O. I want it to be so corny and be like, we're being warriors for today, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I won't do it. We are thinking positively though. That is what we're trying to do. And not all the time, but for most of the time. Number five, we're giving ourselves space for silence every day. We're giving ourselves at least 10 minutes to sit in silence. If this looks like meditation for you, that's great. If it looks like mindfulness, that's great. If it looks like you just sitting there thinking like I do, that is also great. Just give yourself 10 minutes. Number six, we are taking mental health days when we need them. Number seven, we are telling our friends we love them. That should not be any different to 2023, but that is what we are doing. And number eight, we are increasing our incidental physical activity. We are viewing our chores not necessarily as chores, but we are doing uh, more to be active in our day-to-day lives. That is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to number one of the year. I am feeling so hopeful for 2024 and I seriously hope that everyone else is feeling the same way. We have some absolutely cracking guests coming and I just can't wait to keep learning with you all. Tune in next week for the first episode of How's Your Head. Thanks team. See you later. Hey team, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It would be a huge help for me and the health classes you missed if you could like, follow or subscribe wherever you are listening. And of course, if you want to keep learning and stay up to date with me, make sure you come and follow me at the health classes you missed on Instagram or THCYM and How's Your Head on TikTok. I've actually got two TikTok accounts now, so make sure you follow both of those to get all of that content. Thanks guys. See you later.